You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. Man, I feel alive on the inside. So um, I'm Joseph Z. It's, it's great to be with you guys this evening. I really appreciate the opportunity to be at Overcomers Church. I'm really liking this new campus. How great is this place? How wonderful, and, and of course, the, the congregation that's been here and the way that things began to, uh, you know, come in a, a merging and a unification, God bless you guys. You know, it's good to expand the kingdom, so it's a privilege to be here and, and uh, just love Overcomers Church. You guys are great. Praise God. Well, I got a little bit of products I'm going to uh, hand out to you guys here this evening before we get started. Um, one of the teachings I've done recently, and I'm going to actually add to this soon, but uh, it's still got some great data in it. It's called USA and Bible Prophecy. A lot of people who are Bible scholars, and I, I'm inclined to agree with 99% of it, that there's nowhere in Scripture that America is, is listed. It's just not listed in the Scripture. Yet, through studies and things, I found some things that might interest you. Uh, and you could look at it, you pray about it. I'm not saying this is a conclusive revelation, but it's something that might give you hope and it might give you you know, thought or pause about America getting wiped off the map before the end. So praise God. Sometimes it's good to just look for hope. Amen? As opposed to like, well, we all know America's not in the Bible. We're going to nuke it, and that's it. Praise the Lord. That's not how it's supposed to be. People are always about that. They're like, well, it's not bad. It's worse. I thought this was a prophecy meeting. I was supposed to feel terrible. Praise God. Anyway, uh, who wants this teaching tonight? Anybody want this? Jason, find somebody. Praise God. Love it. Um, then there's another one we do, and uh, I have a book coming out this fall, and you know, I'm not just here to hawk my stuff, but I'm going to just do a little bit of that, and then we'll get on to the good stuff here. This stuff will change your life, though, if you listen to it. Now listen, uh, this teaching is called Wealth Transfer. It's, it's got a gold baton and handing it around and all this stuff. I'll tell you what, this is an end times message, a last day's message. I personally believe that we can have a glimpse of what could be. Remember when Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? That was conditional. It was a question mark. I believe he was saying, this is what could be and what should be. Faith on the earth when I come back. I think a wealth transfer falls in that category. It's a picture of what could be. How many of you know the body of Christ is supposed to be the number one superpower in the world? You say, what do you mean by that? I thought we were supposed to just you know, go preach the gospel. Yeah, amen. But we are called, we are absolutely called to begin to finance the kingdom and see things happen. And it's not just about money. Money is a low-level thinking, okay? What I'm talking about is wealth. I'm talking about generational purpose more than generational wealth. And people get into this whole thing about it's about the money. When you understand, man, I'm, I'm going to get off this right now, but when you understand that it's a corporate anointing, not an individual's anointing, God wants you as an individual to increase. He wants that more than you do, more than most people do, certainly more than religion does. But God wants his body. How many of you know over and over again in the New Testament we're called the body of Christ? And as a corporate anointing, this is where we've missed it in some of the money conversations in the New Testament is because we don't realize God actually wants his body together as a corporate entity to rise up and take dominion and have financial increase. 
And so it's not a just, just about us, it's about all of us, right? A corporate anointing. So that, when we get that heart in mind, that is when we can see crazy monetary things happen, crazy windfalls, supernatural wealth transfer. I actually have a prophetic word that there's going to be a wealth transfer flip when things go digital. And I know it's like, that's a mark of the beast stuff, yeah? But I just want to steal from him first. Praise God. Let's mess up. You know what? Let's take that unrighteous, filthy lucre and mammon and use it against the devil for a change, okay? Praise God. Wouldn't it be great to defund Disney? How about you get your clammy, pervy hands off our kids, right? Thank you, Jesus. And then we stand up and we just uh, smack them down. But anyway, you know, people are always like, oh, we got to make change. We got to make change. But God's not into that money stuff. Uh Uh-uh. If you go down that road, you're already crippling the message before we get to the result. Praise Jesus. And if this offends you, it should. Praise God. So give that to somebody. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Off to a good start. Can tell you guys love me already. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, brother. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. How many of you, this is your first time seeing me? Your first, oh, man, you guys are in for a real treat tonight. Man, this is going to be awesome. Praise Jesus. This teaching here is something that I taught because of a deep conviction. And uh, this will really help some folks. Um, a lot of people, if they get pressed and they get asked the question, you know, Prophet Ron, if I ask some people, hey, why do you believe the Bible is the word of God? And you push that issue. Most people couldn't answer very well. They'd say, well, because I believe it. It's my faith. Yeah, but why? Where is your empirical observation? Where's your proof? Why do you stand on it? Is there anything that proves the Bible is the word of God? Historically. And I go in depth on that in this series here. I really go into it deep. If you want to be able to stand up and say, hold up, y'all think Homer's legitimate? How about Shakespeare? And people are like, yeah, I think, you know, uh, to be or not to be was uh, pretty legit. Shakespeare. How many of you know the Bible, 100 to 1, is so much more reliable than all those writings that people put in colleges and universities? How many know the Bible is... The stats are unbelievable how much more reliable the Bible is than the Koran, than the Book of Mormon, than any other writing out there, any other religious text out there. The Bible has 22,000 more documents proving it is what it says it is, backed up by the Dead Sea Scrolls that just recently came out in our our lifetime, our generation, backing up the 22,000 original documents and smoking the argument that there's any other written material out there. The Book of Romans alone is the highest form of literature anywhere. Anywhere. Anyway, if you want to know how this got passed down, if you want to know why Moses wrote the Old Testament, if you want to begin to discover some of those things, there's a lot of scholars out there today that say Noah's a bunch of priests and tradition and they handed down the Old Testament. You can't really believe all those allegories anyway. And they say it was called this JEDP theory, and that's how we got the Old Testament. A bunch of guys got together and had a bunch of oral tradition they passed down, and therefore we have the Old Testament. And you kind of hope it's true. That's what they're teaching in universities. I had professors like that. I would argue with them. And I'd say, that's weird, because I know all you experts say that Moses didn't write the first five books of the Pentateuch and the Torah and all this. But you know what? It's weird, because Jesus said he did. So should I believe you geniuses, or should I believe the living God, the son of the living God? 
Anyway, we talk about all kinds of good stuff in here. We get down to it. You'll go to someone else after this and say, want to know how we got our Bible? Boom. It's going to be awesome. This will help you. Give that to somebody who needs it. Thank you, Jesus. We got all this teaching out there, and we're going to get into it. I also have our School of the Prophets here. I think this one's an empty case because we've given so much away on this trip. Uh, This is an empty case, but this is 39 sessions on prophecy. I break down concepts, deja vu, visions, dreams, all this crazy stuff in a uh, whiteboard environment, and there's 39 video sessions with a corresponding manual so you can go through it and begin to learn about everything about prophecy, hearing God's voice. It doesn't, this is not for prophets. This is for every believer to really begin to interpret what God is saying in your life. It's powerful. Anyway, I encourage you to check that out. Okay, enough of the infomercial. <laughs> Praise Jesus. I don't know, ministry, sometimes we got to do that. You know, you get up there and you're like, this will change your life, that'll change your life, get my new book, yeah, woo! And uh, I just, I don't know, I've never been good at that, so I'm trying, I'm trying now. I'm trying to be Ashley Teradas, I'm trying. But anyway, listen, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Jesus wants us to live, move, and have our being. On a bad day, the body of Christ is called to be the best there is. And I know we got all this wars and rumors of wars going on, but the Bible told us that would happen. I think, uh, what's, uh, what's that, that liar who just was recently out, that, that liar? I'm trying to remember his name. It rhymes with Dr. Fauci. He was just recently talking again about how they're going to have to bring the face diapers back. Did you hear about that? We're going to bring it back into the public scene inside buildings. People don't like when I say he's a liar. You think he's telling the truth? You know, I just think that we ought to just mask up our kids and put like five masks on them. And that way when they get the masks on the kids, the kids can't breathe and that way they get hypoxia. And that way we just begin to put them in the system that way and teach them to be good little lemmings and that way we could take over the government and the world and nobody will say or be the wiser. And then let's pump them full of the vaccine, the Antichrist precursor serum. Is that too much? Um, And if you've had to have that and you're all juiced up, but it was your free will to do it, praise God. God bless you. I hope your DNA stays solid. But here's what I want to say about it. Am I too much tonight? Everybody okay? Thank you, Jesus. You know, sometimes when you say thank you, Jesus, you got to add a real long thank you in there. So here's the issue I'm looking at, is the body of Christ is called to stand, confront, and hold against these things. Now, I'm not about, you know, vaccines or not vaccines and all that stuff. I'm against the spiritual regime behind it, okay? If you've had to have it done and you said, I really feel like I needed to get it done, I'm so for you. I'm not against you. I'm not against anybody. But I'm against the totalitarian antichrist spirit that's pushing this agenda on our children, on our children, on people. And I'm shocked in the last season how many churches just folded over like, like a, a folding chair. They didn't know how to stand up. They didn't, they didn't rise to the occasion. And I'm telling you, now's the time where we stand up, and the only answer we have left is revival. Business as usual is not going to cut it anymore. And so you say messages like this, and many times people say, well, what does that mean, Joseph? What do we got to do? Are you saying we need to just go ahead and storm the castle? Well, they already tried that in January, a year ago. 
And, um, you know, I think that was kind of a mess all the way around. I think that was a lot of fake. I think there was a whole lot of stuff. They go and complain about the January scenario, but nobody really whined when we had cities burning all over the country. Thank you, Jesus. You're probably trying to figure out which political persuasion I'm of. Thank you, Jesus. We have this thing called the Red Church. We preach about red, and it's, it's not a political affiliation. People are like, are you some, like, cloaked uh, political vigilante? Uh, the answer is no. Uh, I'm just a preacher of the gospel that believes in the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and loving not our life even unto the death, and overcoming the devil by all those things, right? And when we begin to stand up, I'm telling you, I tell my kids this. We tell young people this all the time, Pastor Ken. I tell them, hey, um, if you just stand up and act like you know what you're doing in this generation of lemmings, people are going to follow you. So you might as well start teaching them the word. Thank you, Jesus. You know, ever since I was a kid and very young at the age of 13, I got radically born again. I saw radical miracles, wild stuff that blows your mind. Not the kind where you're like, do something you couldn't do. I think I'm healed. I think I'm healed. No, I saw like stuff, okay? Major breakthrough happening. And it changed me to the point that some of my family didn't want me at home anymore. And they said, you need to leave and you're not going to have this inheritance or anything uh, in your destiny. And I said, you know what? I choose Jesus. And Jesus will make you bold. When you really know him, he'll make you bold. And I did many things. We traveled the world. We began to preach the gospel. We raised up schools of the prophets all over the world. Uh, began to teach people how to see, hear, know the voice of God, uh, declare and decree things. We prophesied the ministries we were in. We prophesied who would be the president of certain nations. That president found out we did it because it was on national television. And then they did stadium meetings for us and brought us in. And we began to do those kind of things because God is speaking all the time. And we got to teach people how to tune in and listen. One of my favorite things to do is get on uh, like TikTok and jump on those psychic places where they're commenting and doing things. I just start prophesying to the psychics. It's wonderful. <laughs> Love it. And they're like, oh, because they'll read the comments out loud, you know, and I, I make sure that they're one that's really active, so they're going to read my comment. I'm like, wow, you're good. And they're like, oh, thank you, Joseph. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And we keep going, and I get down to the point, I'm like, oh, yeah. And they say, no, I've really had these encounters. I'm like, you've certainly had encounters. You just don't know the source of those encounters. And they're like, no, 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 you don't understand. I had this experience. I say, yep, happens to me every day, except I have the right source. And then I say, it's just a familiar spirit. The reason you know why people died and the reason you know why people have experienced some of these events and difficulties is because the demons that either killed the person or used to live through another person years ago is now has their memories and comes and tells them to you. It's called a familiar spirit. Psychics are working with familiar spirits. They can have gifts of prophecy that are hijacked and used by the wrong source. No different than a singer can stand up here like Brooke and, and Kingston, and they can, you know, they can sing nice in church, or you can have people that take that same gift and use it in a bar. Prophecy is the same. So what we've got to do is begin to train a generation of clear-eyed, clear-minded believers, and the argument culture is not really going to work anymore. This is now the culture where the God who answers by fire is going to be proven God. Period. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when this pandemic thing first broke out, 
I remember when it first came out, I was, I was right out of the gate, like when they first said it. Um, I actually went and looked at some prophecies we've given. Sometimes I prophesy things and don't know what I've prophesied. We have to go back and look. And we found, I prophesied, we found video clips of it from about almost three years ago now, where I said an island is going to come into the news. It's going to be really important. And I started describing Epstein Island. I started to describe great exposure that would come with political figures that happened, and then people like Swalwell came out. Uh, then I began to describe um, there was going to be a suppressed cure for a sickness. That there was a cure, and they were hiding it because there was a sickness. And I, I looked at these, these clips, and I thought, my goodness, God actually told us what was coming. And I began to look into these things, and I believe God is saying so clearly, if we have ears to hear, we can peel back from the distraction, we're going to know what's coming next also. And I feel the prophetic anointing on me tonight. Praise God. This ain't going to be country. This is going to be rock and roll tonight, okay? We all right? Thank you, Jesus. And I like country, all right? I wear boots and a hat up on my mountain and all this, but praise God. Tonight's going to be a little more rock and roll. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't come out to a meeting for no reason. You didn't come to a meeting to come in here and leave with no results, did you? I don't know what you came for, but I came here to get results tonight. People come to church all the time, and they feel worse than when they leave than when they came. They come to hear the bad news, not Overcomers Church, praise God. But I'm telling you, you're going to walk out of here with good news in your heart. Hallelujah. So we're going to confront the darkness. I, I said it out loud, and I'm saying it more and more, and we have a broadcast that has a fair reach right now. And I'm just saying to the Antichrist spirit, to the Jezebel spirit, to all these things that are trying to steal our youth, to steal America, to hijack America through deception, it can't have it. You can't have America. Jezebel's going to have to back up. The spirit of Antichrist is going to have to back up because the red church is here. And you say, what's the red church? The red church is you. It's fire-baptized believers. It's not a denomination. I'm just talking about the blood of the lamb that's on people of God, and they know how to stand and take everything Jesus provided for them. Everything. This morning we taught on the seven parts of your salvation. That's what going red is all about. Going red means by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony, in the blood of the lamb, Jesus died, shed his blood for you, and that means every promise he has is yours. Every bit of it. We're blessed with believing Abraham, and we're in the seed, singular, of Abraham. That's Jesus Christ. And if you're in him and his words abide in you, you can ask anything you wish, and it's done for you according to his word. That's what going red's all about. But I also believe it's the mobilized heart of God. It's the great commission church that says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Make disciples of nations. And go ye take some horsepower. We've had so much of the, and I don't mean to get down on people, you know, I try not to be negative on people, but we've had so much of the seeker-friendly crowd. Jesus was the opposite of that. And God bless the seeker-friendly crowd. They, do, they did the best they could. They're doing the best they can. But going forward, they will either become completely inundated with the institutional norms and values 
of the culture we're looking at, or, or they'll completely go away. But the red church is coming. The real ecclesia of Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at what Jesus said. Let me get my Bible for a moment. How about if we open that thing and take a look at what's in that thing? I don't want to look at the 10 Spies Network, CNN. I don't want to look at what's going on in all these different news channels. And I remember when Fox used to be kind of okay, and now it's just as bad as all of them. Praise God. you got to go to all these different little networks to look at what's going on. The Lord spoke to me and said, start watching the small news. Back in October, this last October, October 26th to be precise, the Lord spoke to me and said, there's going to be a trucker uprising. Back in October, we have it video stamped and we aired it and all that. And I was live on a broadcast and I said, it's right when the Southwest Airlines pilots stood up. You guys remember that? During that broadcast, I'd been prophesying and the Lord showed me something really horrible was going to happen at the end of October. And I got actually very disturbed about it. I was praying. I was marching around praying in tongues. God, save America. God, save America. And, you know, you have some people that are, you know, they're not as red. They might be a little more blue, very kind. And they're not, you know, red rock and roll and after the kingdom of God and moving things forward. And they're like, oh, don't say fearful things because the world is a wonderful place filled with rainbows and candy and, and cotton candy and rivers of chocolate. That's what the Lord has for all of us. And they would say, don't be preaching that fear stuff. I'd say, hey, look, I'm not preaching fear, but I do line up with what Agabus the prophet did in Acts chapter 11 when he said, hey, a famine's coming. And you know what the church didn't do when Agabus said a famine was coming? They didn't dig a hole, get their ARs, and go down in the hole and wait for their neighbor and blow them away in Jesus' name. Can't have my food. They didn't do that. Am I blessing everybody so far? We good? Praise Jesus. Nothing spells loving like shooting your cousin. I don't know. But that's not godly. You know what they did? He said, a famine's coming. And the church responded by giving. The church responded by sending aid by the word of the Lord to the area that was affected. And then it says, Agabus prophesied it, and it happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. It happened. Now, today, a lot of people would be saying, don't be preaching fear, prophet. Don't be talking about all that. Don't be getting all doom and gloom. Well, God's not a doom and gloom God, but God does forewarn us to forearm us so we know how to take the fight forward, so we know how to navigate. I'll give you another example, and I'm going to jump into this scripture, but another example is this. You guys remember when Jesus came into Jerusalem, he came to the temple, prophet Ron. He comes walking in there, and he said, do you see these stones in this temple? Not one will be left upon another. You remember that? You guys read your Bible, right? Okay, good. Jesus walked in and said, you remember these stones will not be left one upon another. And when he came in there, he began to also share another word. He gave a prophetic word about this. And he said, when you see the desolation that causes, or the abomination that causes desolation, and you see the city surrounded by her enemies, he said, flee. Do not get down from the rooftop. Don't go in your house. Run to the wilderness immediately, right? And then he also said, he said, woe to those who are pregnant in those days. Pray that it is not winter. 
You remember? He said, pray that it is not winter. Number one, our prayers can alter apocalyptic timelines. If they couldn't, Jesus wouldn't have said, pray that it does not happen in winter. You with me? Now, something really unique happened in history. Around 70 AD, the city of Jerusalem was surrounded, and it was razed to the ground, I believe by Titus at that time. It was razed to the ground, and when it took place, they went to the temple, and because they burnt it with fire, the metals began to melt within the cracks of the stones in the walls. And when it cooled, they said, we want that precious metal. So Jesus' prophecy came true as they took pegs and leveraging tools and broke the rocks off the wall to get at the precious metals. Not one stone was left upon another. But a unique thing happened in the middle of that, Pastor Kent. This is so awesome. You guys should lean forward in anticipation. This is epic. In a world of darkness, you've got idiots in the White House, people that can't remember their name, those who wander on the grass, elections that were stolen, a fake pandemic to put you in subjection to globalist evil leaders. One church rises in the midst. A light and darkness to stand up and say, not on our watch. Amen. Listen, here's what happened in 70 AD. It's a powerful moment. In 70 AD, when they invaded and the city was destroyed, no Christians were harmed. Do you know why? Because Jesus had prophesied several years earlier when you see this and you see this, this is going to be the outcome, and here's how you respond. So you know what they did? They saw what was coming, and they split, and they got out of Dodge, and the city was destroyed, even to the point that some people blamed the Christians for some of the events because they said, how did you survive this? Don't tell me prophecy of doom and gloom doesn't have a hopeful end for you. I'm an agent of hope tonight. I'm coming in this place with some good news. It might look real dark out there in Egypt, folks, but I got to tell you something. It is light in Goshen. I'll try this side over here. They seem more excited. It is light in Goshen. Praise God. Jesus is the light of Goshen. Now let's go to this weaponized manual we have to terrorize the kingdom of darkness. You see this thing right here? You got your media device with you. You got a, a, a printed one. I recommend you get a printed Bible. That's just my take on it. I think they can alter media stuff. Put all our notes and digital stuff, and I think they can alter things. I've looked at some translations. They're a little different than they used to be. Even the audio versions, they re-record stuff. It's weird. So I have old stuff on flash drives, praise the Lord, it wrapped in tinfoil. No, I'm just kidding. Now listen, <laughs> hold up your Bible, your media device, or your rock fist if that's all you got, okay? Say with me, this is my Bible. 
It is the Word of God. It is no mere book. It contains the words of life. Jesus breathed in this. It's God's breath I'm reading. It has the power of salvation within it. It has breakthrough anointing in it. It's alive. And it is in me. Greater things are coming through this book. I receive every word from Genesis to maps. In Jesus' name, I receive it. Now let's go. Praise God. Turn with me if you would. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. We are going to put such a punishment on the kingdom of darkness. We're going to set back his plans for you and your family by a good year, if not a decade. The devil might have come walking over today, but he's going to go limping back. I'm serious. The kingdom of darkness has been messing with your family, been messing with you. If we started having testimony time about who has the biggest scar in here, about what's gone negative, I think we'd have a very long service. Because a lot of people have been through a lot in the last three years. Some of you got a running start on hardship before three years ago. But I got good news for you tonight. Let's jump into this right now. In Matthew chapter 16. Oh, I love it. Matthew chapter 16. Let's get a running start. And let's start out in verse 13. Give me an amen if you're with me. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Verse 14, so they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus said to them in verse 15, but who do you say that I am? That's a question for all of us tonight. Who do you say that he is? Even when Jesus figured out the full revelation of what he was and who he was, it happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember John 18? You remember that? Remember all the foot soldiers came to get him? By the way, there was nearly 700 of them. Temple guards that came to get Jesus. And remember how it went down? It's a revelation. They said, where is Jesus of Nazareth? And he came to them in John 18, and he said, um... I am he. But what he didn't say that we see in our English language, he said something very different. In the Greek, the word he is not listed. When all these foot soldiers came forward to Jesus, and they said, where is Jesus of Nazareth? Where is this one they call Jesus? He said, no, 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 you don't understand. I am. And what happened in that story? In that story, the foot soldiers that came up to Jesus, it says they drew back and they fell to the ground. I read some commentaries that said that's a, um, that was a sign of reverence. They were bowing down and just, hello, G before we arrest you and get you with the pitchfork and crucify you, we just wanted to pay a little homage to you. Okay, let's go. That's not what it was. It says they drew back, meaning they staggered backwards, all the soldiers fell to the ground. They were slain in the spirit, if you want to use charismania terms. It was a Benny Hinn moment. 
Steve, Steve, stand them up again. Bring them over here. Bring them here. Stand them up. Steve, get them. Get them. Get the lady. Get the lady, Steve, right? I love Pastor Benny, by the way. Friends with a lot of his staff. But listen, they fall on the ground. They do this stuff. That's probably when one of the guys lost his sword, and all of a sudden, it says that a, a young man went running through the woods, and he was in a cloak, and a guy reaches out, and they said, get that kid. They tried to lay hold of him, and they, they got the garment, and he ran away naked in the woods. Remember that story? And people said, oh, that was John. It was John. It wasn't John. It doesn't even make sense that it was John. The cloak the guy grabbed off this kid as he's running away was a burial garment. It's the same garment or the same word used for garment that Jesus had in his burial cloth. So this kid's running away, and he pulls the cloak off the kid, got a naked kid streaking through the woods because he's terrified out of his mind. You know what Gethsemane was? A cemetery. So when this kid went running through the woods, he was in a burial cloth. Here's what happened. Jesus said, I am. They fell to the ground, and the power of God blasted through the cemetery. A kid jumps out of a tomb. Recently buried, jumps out of the tomb, starts running. Guy reaches over, get the kid, get the kid. Here's another one. It's another Lazarus. It's going to prove more about this guy. The kid goes running. He pulls the garment off the kid. He's got the burial cloth. Can you imagine them looking at it? They're like, that's a burial cloth. Kid's running. He's probably all white, like, you know, a moment like this. And people, anyway, he's, so he's going. He's going. And Jesus does this, and I think in that same moment, I think that uh, uh, this confusion happens, and Peter goes and grabs a soldier's sword, and he decides he's going to lop off a guy's ear, because Peter's always thinking ahead. Peter takes a sword, and he just, just takes that guy's ear off, that guy Melchus, right? Cuts his ear off. Now, here's what we see, though, and here's the point. Of course, Jesus healed that. There's a whole message we could give about sometimes you do something really stupid, and Jesus knew that that was a capital crime. Peter would have been killed for that. He would have been, he'd have been killed for that. And instead, Jesus picks up the ear, looks at Peter. I want to know who prayed for this one. I want to know whose faith was in this one. People are always like, oh, it takes faith. Uh-huh. Jesus is like, Peter. Looking at the soldier, you know, and Peter, he's like, Peter. <laughs> and the soldier's like, ah. And he's just like, those who live by the sword will die by the sword. And he's like, you're fine. And the soldier's like, uh, you know, right? <laughs> Imagine that. You know what Jesus did? Sometimes God in his mercy will cover over your mistake and destroy all evidence that ever happened. Okay? Now, in this moment, though, in this moment, Jesus is saying, I am. And when he says, I am, the blast of power knocks all these guys to the ground. They're laying on the ground. They get back up, and he said, did I not say I am? Says it a second time. That must have got their attention. Because it was not Jesus saying, hey, I'm the Messiah. Hey, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. Hey, I'm the guy you're looking for. No, Jesus said, I am. He came to the full revelation of his identity and his mission. It was the same I am that was spoken on Sinai. I am that I am. I am that I am. I am has sent me. The I am, the great I am, spoke through the Son of Man and roared at these guys and dropped them to the ground. Now, let's jump back to our text real quick here. In Matthew chapter 16, I really want you to see this. Pay very close attention. Jesus goes on, and they're saying, who do you say I am? Now, there's like seven I am statements of Jesus in the Bible. There's many more references that he's saying I'm God. 
but there's seven I am statements. But you get into this, and he begins to say, who do you say that I am? We say you're the son of the living God, amen? Let's all say out loud right now, Jesus is Lord. One more time, just for the kingdom of darkness sake. Jesus is Lord. Let's say he's my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Okay. Verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me say two things about this. Number one, a lot of people think that means Jesus is going to build the church on Peter. Peter was the first pope, right? That is not what Jesus was saying. A text without its context is a pretext. So when Jesus was talking, he said, you are Peter. And upon this rock of what you just said, I'm going to build my church. What did Peter just say? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, that is the rock I'm going to build my church on. And by the way, I'm going to change your name to Peter as a prophetic act. From Simon to Peter, I'm going to call you the rock. Can you smell what Peter's cooking, right? Nobody, okay. So you realize this. You're all looking at me like, it's all good. Praise God. You'll catch up. It'll be all right. Everybody's going to be fine. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, preach it, Uncle Joe. All right, I will. Now, we realize this is that when Peter had this revelation, Jesus said, upon this rock, the revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord, the revelation that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, that's what the church is built on, not some guy with a name, Peter. If that's the case, he sure was a mess because in the book of Galatians, Paul had to rebuke Peter for shrinking back on preaching the gospel. He wanted to act like the Judaizers a little more. He wanted to fit in with the institution. And Paul comes along and says, I rebuked him in front of them all, (laughs) right? I think Paul would have argued with himself if he saw a mirror. He had to love the jail ministry to travel with Paul. Paul's walking by. You could just see him, looks in the mirror, and it's like, what was that? Oh, all right. That's how Paul was wired. And Paul was like, he very much about truth and did all this. But here's what I want to get to, and this is the point we need to get to tonight. He goes into it and says, I say that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The word church here is the Greek word ekklesia. It actually means a governmental council of leaders of any city or region or area that come together to make judicial and governmental decisions for their area. That's what ekklesia means. It means the light givers, the called out ones, the illuminated ones. He's saying the gates of hell will not prevail against my ecclesia. The ecclesia. Let me describe the gates of hell for you for just a moment. The gates of hell is not a place. There's two things in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, okay? The kingdom of God is a system. The kingdom of heaven is a place. Does that make sense? 
And when you begin to understand this, you realize hell is a location and the gates of hell is a system. You guys tracking with me so far? The gates of hell is a system. And it's a system that Lulu, when he decided to rebel against the Lord, I want the worship. I want to be worshiped. No, it's my time, me, my time. I will be like the sides of the north. I will be worshiped like the most high. Me, no. <laughs> He's just such a whiner. I think Michael, bear with me. I think Michael was in heaven, and I think he heard Lou complaining, and he's over there sharpening his sword. Shing! Shing! Michael's looking around. Shing! And Lou's over here, and he's just like, no, I, I'm me. No, my own. My time. No, God, me. And Lou's like, what was that? Or Michael's like, what was that? What are you saying? God, is he mouthing off to you? I'll bust him in the mouth, God. Yeah, it happened just like that. <laughs> I'm going to bust him in the mouth. What would you say? Lord, I'm going to throw him down the steps in a shopping cart backwards. <laughs> and I think Michael walked over. He's like, you know you got a big mouth. You need to shut up, right? And I think when Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, that was probably at the end of Michael's fist. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not so loud now, are you, punk? Right? <laughs> you know, Michael's the enforcer. He's the muscle in heaven. But when Jesus began to describe these things and we begin to see it, Lou came to earth. Lulu, you know, the prince of darkness. I actually think when the veil's pulled back, he's going to look like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. And people are going to say, is this the man that tormented the nations? He deceived everyone, and his facade is the angel of light. I'm beautiful. Right? He's so beautiful. And if you don't have discernment, you'll just see that flowery, beautiful thing. It's just so amazing how spiritual people, why do all the weirdo spiritual, you know, uh, witchcraft people and, and spiritists and all this stuff, why do they like all the pretty places in the world? We just want to go to the, you know, the, the West Coast and watch the sun come up because there's cool vibes there. Why don't they go to, like, Antarctica? Why is it all the good places? Why do they want to be in the mountains? This is where it happens, man, Right? Why do they got to do that stuff? Because they want to try to hijack all the good stuff. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Send them all to Antarctica. Go get your vibes on. Woo, right? <laughs> but the gates of hell, it's a system. Let me show you. Here, I got to give you one more. Let me show you. The gates of hell is a system. I want you to see something. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 John. 1 John. I love the Apostle John. Next to Jesus, he's my favorite guy in the New Testament. John was, like, awesome. He started out as Boanerges, the son of thunder. He fought. He argued. He was with James, and they said, Lord, they've rejected you. Should we call fire down on them like Elijah did? Right? John's like, let's toast them, God. Come on. You remember when you were young and stupid and got born again? Remember that? Anybody ever pray prayers like that? 
Lord, why don't you just kill them all, right? No? Maybe some of you are like, no, I didn't come from that background, Joseph. But, and they began to do this. And so anyway, so John, I love him because he started out son of thunder, right? That meant he was probably on the ocean, out there on the sea, cussing. Yelling, making a noise, wanting to torch these people that didn't like Jesus. Let's kill them all, Jesus. That's good. And Jesus is like, what's the matter with you guys? You've been with me a while. I'm trying to tell you I'm not here to kill these guys. You don't know what you're talking about. Shut your mouth. That's the paraphrase version. And Jesus began to lead them and guide them. And, of course, John became the beloved, and John outlived them all. And John ended up being an old man on the island of Patmos having a revelation. I just love that guy's story. He drank the cup of wrath, and it couldn't kill him. It couldn't kill him. It killed his brother James. Jesus said, you will drink of this cup. Both brothers, you're going to drink of this cup. James, he drank of the cup, and they cut his head off, and he died. As a matter of fact, there was a Roman soldier that was with James when they went to cut his head off, and the Roman soldier was so overcome by the peace and the presence of God as he's arresting James that when they put him on his knees to kill him, he got down next to him and said, me too. Me too, let's, let's both go. We'll go together. He got born again. He was so moved. That's the kind of believers we need right now. And I'm not saying that because we want to go die. No way. I want to live. I want to live. But I'll tell you what, we need to not fear death because the greater reality is waiting for us after this life. And if you don't believe that, you need to get in this book a little more. You need to get a revelation flowing. The only reason we're afraid is because we don't have a revelation. Yeah. So, let me show you one thing here. We're talking about the gates of hell. So 1 John chapter 5. Oh, I love this. This just puts the devil in a lot of pain. Kingdom of darkness in a lot of pain. All the stuff that's ailing you and attacking you, it just puts it in a lot of pain. Thank you, Jesus. 1 John chapter 5. I'm going to get a running start at it because it's just too good. First John chapter 5, verse 1. Give me an amen if you're with me. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Let's say it again. Let's say Jesus is Lord. And everyone who loves him, who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. Verse 2. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. Now you can go on, we can talk about his commandments are not burdensome, right? And that means to love the Lord your God, believe in the one he sent, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the two New Testament commandments, by the way. Because we keep all the commandments, all 613 laws in our sleep. There's not 10 of them, there's 613. People are like, we got to keep that Sabbath. you got to keep that Sabbath holy. I do. Every Tuesday night while I'm sleeping. People say, that's sacrilege. No. It says in Colossians that Jesus is the fulfillment of the shadow that was the law. The law is a shadow. And people that are like, i, I got to keep that Sabbath to be holy. You're clinging to a shadow. Stop chasing shadows. The fulfillment is here. If you're in Christ Jesus, you're as holy as you're ever going to get in the spirit. People are like, I don't act holy. Well, you need to renew your mind to what you got. 1 John chapter 5. Let's look here. And going forward. Verse 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. I love that. Verse 4. 
for whatever is born of God. Are you born of God? You got saved? How many saved folk we got in this meeting? Born again believers. Somebody say, I'm going red. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Now listen to me very, very carefully. I'm going to write something on the board right now, and you're going to get something out of this that's going to help you. When it's talking about we overcome the world by our faith, one translation says it this way. Our faith is the power that brings the world to its knees. You with me? Somebody say, my faith is the power that brings the world to its knees. This Greek word for world is the word cosmos. Cosmos, and it, I'm not talking about outer space cosmos. I'm not talking about the sky. Cosmos is the public or the world's system. Another way you could say it is this is a reference to the gates of hell. When we start to understand something about this, the world, the cosmos, it is your faith in what Jesus did for you and your action in faith that makes the world bend the knee at the name of Jesus, but at your free moral agency with Christ Jesus in you. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. The reason Jesus needed the church is so we could enforce what he paid for. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, John chapter 3. Remember John chapter 3 when Nicodemus sneaks to Jesus? You ever seen the TV show The Chosen? I love that show. I cry. I can't even watch the episodes. I cry like ugly cry. I'm like, it's so good, right? I, I was at a, a conference, and I ran into Dallas, the guy who does that, and I smacked him in the back. I'm like, I love your show. He's like, bro. I was like, yeah, right? You got to get people's attention, you know? Tell them, good job, man. Now, listen. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus, from the institution of the Pharisees, right? He sneaks over to Jesus, Nick at night. He sneaks to Jesus, and he wants to have a little time with him, and he wants to dialogue and talk to him. And in The Chosen, Nicodemus is getting down, and he's like trying to kiss the hands and the feet of Jesus. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he said, the Bible says, kiss the son, lest he be angry. <laughs> I like that. I started bawling. I was like, oh, so my oh, Jesus. It's Psalm chapter 2. Yeah. Was, anyway, I loved it. I'm sorry. Some people are like, why are you into that so much? Well, you should read the Bible until it becomes more alive to you. And when you watch things like that, if it doesn't, like, choke you up or get your attention, then, uh, you know, you need to wake up a little bit. Thank you, Jesus. A lot of ministers are mean today. They forgot the joy of their salvation. They forgot that they were rescued from hell. They forget that we got an eternity we're going into. The only reason people get mean is they forgot who they are. You don't know what they did to me. Nobody knows what they did to you. Jesus is saying, tell me about it. For the joy set before him, he endured that shame, right? 
But in John chapter 3, Nicodemus is coming to Jesus, and Jesus said something very profound to Nicodemus. Nicodemus said, what must I do? He's asking Jesus the questions. And Jesus said, unless you are born of water and of spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You ever thought about that scripture? Unless you're born of water and spirit, you can't enter the kingdom. And notice there's two prerequisites. We know what it means to be born of spirit. That means we confess our sins, we turn away, we confess Jesus Christ as Lord, we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, we give our life over to him, and we're born again. And if you're not, you need to do that tonight. People said, I'll do it later. I said, well, don't die. I do, man. I, I, I was with some people at a picnic table, and this, we were witnessing to people, and I just said, you need to get born again. And they're like, okay. One guy's like, I'm going to think about it. I said, well, great. Think about it. Just don't die. And he's like, I said, I'm serious, man. Hey, you don't know if you died tonight. I don't know about you, but I'd seal the deal. He's like, oh, think about it. Don't die. And um, yeah, it's all right. Praise God. Jesus said spirit, or actually water, then spirit. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 46. It says the spiritual is not first, but the natural, right? You must be born of water and of spirit. Okay, you with me? What Jesus is talking about is the fact that, yes, we give our life to him and we're born again. We're regenerated to God the Father. When Adam sinned in the garden and he was separated from God, uh, Satan said, you'll not surely die. He was lying by saying your flesh won't drop over dead. But what was going to happen is there'd be a separation between God and man. Jesus came, the mediator, and filled that gap in if we receive him. Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, you must be born again, regenerated in the spirit. But there's that peculiar part, you must be born of water and of spirit. Are you ready? Are you ready for something raw? To be born of spirit means you're regenerated to God the Father. But without the predicated element of being born, or rather, of spirit, you're regenerated to God. Without the predicating element of water, you can't get to the spiritual part. You understand what I'm saying? To be born of water is a very simple understanding. It means that you're in a womb, the water breaks, and out comes a baby. I know the women know what I'm talking about, but men, do you understand? I got a lesson in that when I was first married, Pastor Kent. I was leading worship, you know, in a, a meeting, and I was preaching and all this, and I came down, and Heather's water broke on the back row. We're on the back row. And I, I was like dumb as a box of rocks. I didn't understand the first thing about anything. I just knew the Bible, and she really put up with a lot. And I come back there, and I go to the back, and I sit by her, and her sister, Holly, is there, and she leans over, and she's like, um, you guys need to go to the hospital right now. And I was like, really? I said, can you give me 20 more minutes? And my sister-in-law, Holly's like, I'm going to murder you. And I was like, 
oh, so we need to go. Like, this is serious. Yes, it's serious. You know, and so people took over. We went and did that. But that's what happens. When the water breaks, that means a baby's coming, okay? To be born of water means you need to have a physical body. The first Adam had a physical body, and he gave it over to the devil's authority. The Bible doesn't call Jesus the second Adam. It calls Jesus the last Adam. There was no option C. Jesus comes on the scene, and Jesus was born of God the Father and a pure virgin. And when Jesus showed up and he matured of age, and he went out in the wilderness, came back in the power of the Holy Ghost. Now Jesus was the prototype for what we're supposed to be. He came walking into the scene, and here's what you got to understand. Demons can't be born again because they ain't got bodies. Satan can't be born again. He ain't got no body. Jesus comes walking on the scene in the power of the Holy Ghost, and now he has legal access to this world. Legal access, because now he has an earth suit. The Son of Man, his physical body. The Son of God, inside the physical body. And I think when Jesus walked up and the demons saw him for the first time, Prophet Ron, can you imagine that? In the Old Testament, David could play a harp and they would kind of leave demons ago, but demons influenced David. The devil had the run of the show. Nobody ever cast out a demon in the Old Testament. Nobody could stop demons. They did whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. But all of a sudden, the last Adam came. And he walks up, and I think everybody seeing Jesus is like, he's so wonderful. Did you see all the wine he made? Oh, so tasty. Did you see all the things he's done? Oh, he's just so great. He raised someone from the dead. Did you see that? And they're listening to harp music and orchestra and strings. Jesus is walking in there, right? You ever see uh, Jesus of Nazareth, Franco Zaffarelli, 1977? Right? Nobody? Okay. And so Jesus is there. He says, And he walks up to the demoniac. Everybody's like, he's so awesome. The demoniac locks eyes with Jesus, and they're like, wait a second. And he's like, how you doing? And the demoniac didn't hear a, They heard, That's what they heard, right? Consequently, I think when the Bible says when the last trumpet blasts and the Lord returns, I don't think it's talking about a trumpet. If you look deep in the Greek, I'm talking like way in there, like so deep, it's not really there. I think you'll see the Greek word electrolos guitario. And when Jesus returns, it says that the shout of the angel is going to happen, and then you're going to hear the trumpet blast. Really what I think it is, is glam rock. I think when Jesus returns, he's going to split the eastern sky. The wind's going to blow. It's going to be like Megamind presentation, right? And he's going to come into it, and Jesus is going to come back on the white horse with a lightsaber, and the, the, the angel's going to be like, yeah! And the electric guitar, Jesus is going to come riding on the horse. Yeah, right? 
That's how I view it. I have my ideas. You can keep your own. Ah, right? Now, <laughs> so, so Jesus, he confronts this demon. And the demons are like, oh, no. Right? Jesus comes and, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Jesus confronts this demon. He's looking at this demon. And I think they said, no. And he's like, how you like me now? How you like what's going on now? How you like me now? Right? And Jesus comes marching up on the scene. He's like, guess what, boys? Legal. Physical body. What you got? They're like, we got this host. He's like, no, this one's mine. You got a host. This one's mine. And how about you unhand what belongs to me? And he came and said, I want that body in my kingdom. And they're like, no. Can we be excused? Can we go in the pigs? And I think Jesus found that very entertaining because he's Jewish. He's Jewish. He's like, yeah, you can uh, go in the pigs. <laughs> right? I think Jesus said, <laughs> You may be dismissed. <laughs> and they went off a cliff, and they all drowned, and they died. End of story. But the man got delivered. What am I talking about? People are like, well, that was Jesus. Jesus had the Holy Ghost without measure. What do you think you got? You have the Holy Ghost without measure. God didn't say, uh, he said a measure of faith. What he meant is everybody gets faith. You have a part of his faith. He doesn't say, you get a bucket, you get a thimble, you get a swimming pool. And if you pray loud enough and long enough, and if you're crying enough, you're going to get more. That's not how it works. It's all already yours. The same, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body. It'll quicken your mortal body. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. How do we bring the world to its knees? The cosmos, the public? By our faith. As he is, so are yes, I, yes, you, we. There's 21 gifts collected in the body of Christ. There could be argued that there's a few more, you know, like celibacy, that kind of stuff. But there's 21 fundamentals. And all of them together make up the body of Christ. And as he is, so are we collectively in this world. That's why we need to unify. That's why we need to stand. That's why we need to invade the culture. That's why we got to bring this faith we possess. And when people are like, I don't like what you're saying. I disagree. And you say, I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you. I love you, but I didn't ask you. And now's the time where the God who answers by fire comes through his people. And this is what going red means in the blood of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what you've faced in the last few years. I don't know what you came through on your way here tonight. I don't know what's been fighting you. I don't know what kind of things have happened to your children. I don't know what's going on in your culture and your sphere. I don't know what's happening to you at work. I don't know how many people died on your watch. They left the planet because of sickness in this last season. All I know is you're here. And Jesus is in you. 
the greater one, the strength of God is in you. And he's raising up an army that brings it to the darkness in this last day. Listen carefully to me. I don't believe the last day's church is going to go out with a whimper. I know the Bible says there will be a great falling away, but before that happens, how about we have a great awakening? Thank you, Jesus. You are called to punish the kingdom of darkness. Who does the devil think he is? This is our planet. This is our nation. This is our families. And Jesus gave us the authority to push back that evil, nefarious, wicked, perverted plan. And somewhere along the way, we thought Christianity meant to be nice. You do need to be nice, courteous, good people. But 100 years ago in the dictionary, nice meant stupid. That was the definition of nice 100 years ago. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Somebody say, Jesus is in me. God's here. Because I brought him. God wasn't waiting in the building for you. You brought him. When you pray, it's not, oh, God. It's a local call. Local call. Not long distance. It's a local call. He's right here. I don't know about you, but I, I'll tell you, we have a fight right now. I'm, I'm fighting to save the young people in this nation. I'm contending. We're going to every rural community we can go to. We're, we're investing in things. We're, we're just going after this so we can rescue and raise up warriors that are clear-eyed, clear-minded. You know, I'm, I'm a very prophetic person. I had three years ago a, an encounter. A lot of people, they have angel encounters like every five minutes, and if it's really real, I bless them. Uh, the ones who just make that stuff up, I, I'm not a fan of that idea because I think people need something they can sink their teeth into, not fluff, not clouds without rain, right? And so I did, though. I had an angel encounter. I prayed about it enough, and I said, God, is it okay that I talk about this? Because it was kind of unique. How do I? It was three years ago. I was sitting in my living room, and I got done doing a broadcast. We broadcast every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, like relentlessly, because the Spirit of God told me to. And... At the end of this broadcast, I felt a presence of God come in the room that was like electricity. And all of a sudden, I heard a voice shout in the spirit. And it said this, I am Gabriel, and I come to you from the throne of God. And one of the things I was told, and it's the only time I've ever had this. I wish I had it all the time, but it was actually pretty frightening, and it shook me so hard. My wife was there, and we're just like, what just happened? And he said, the great God Jehovah has more need of your ministry after the 2020 election than before. I need you after more than I need you now. Prepare. I'm going to give you a new team. I'm going to change some things over. It's going to be well. And it all happened. The Lord showed me Donald Trump would not win the election. I prophesied it three years in advance, then a year in advance. I believe he did win the election. I really do. I think it was stolen. And I think when the prophets said he won, I think they were correct. But the Lord showed me he would lose on a 
technology. A technology would steal it. And I prophesied that a technology is going to steal. I've seen he would lose the election by a technology. And that happened. Now, I believe what's coming next is a little bit uncharted. And I believe specifically with the president, it's going to go one of two directions. I think he's already setting us up that he's not going to actually run again. But I think that David's coming. Now, he might stand up and run. Trump might run again. And listen, Trump is not my Lord and Savior, okay? No way. But I do believe he has a roar in him that's supposed to get out. And I believe he could absolutely say, you know what? It's worth the cost of my life. I'll do it. He might do it. But I think he's in the valley of decision. We need to pray for America. Because even if he doesn't, I think he's going to appoint someone else. Maybe it'll be DeSantis. Maybe it'll be somebody like that. But the Spirit of the Lord is going to have a David anointing roar at the culture again. The Lord said there's one more round coming to America. I stood in Trump Tower before he ran, before he announced. I was standing there, and we were sent there by the Spirit of the Lord on assignment. I'm like, what? Who's Trump? What's this about God? Why am I in this tower? And the Lord said, and I said, is he going to run for president, God? Is he going to win? And the Lord said, I've not graced you to know that. I've graced someone else to know that. And he told Lance Wallnow. And I told Lance that, and we were laughing about it. And I said, I'm so glad we get to talk about this finally. But in that moment, I said, so God, why am I here? He said, I want you to pray for this man. I want you to pray for his business. I want you to pray over him. That's your assignment. I said, okay. I said, God, is America going down? And the Holy Spirit said to me so powerfully, he said, no. America has one more round. He said, because the young lions are coming. And I believe strongly the young lions are coming, and David, the spirit of David, is coming across the land one more time. That could be through a populist uprising. That could be through a great leader again. It could come in a variety of ways. I think we're in for a collision of a lifetime. But I'll tell you what, if we don't back up, we win. I saw America taking some downgrades, some hits, all this, because the devil wants that so bad. But I believe the church of Jesus Christ, if we hold our ground, I think we can see another day in the sun. But we got to hold our ground. Thank you, Father. Sir, you have a mind for numbers and numerical things. I see numbers and numerical all over you. For the Spirit of the Lord's placed it on you with great authority. I see you right-sizing people's mess. I see you right-sizing chaos. For God's put an ability to organize and clerically put things into position. And God's called you. You're a good man. Integrity. I see integrity written on you. I see the words integrity written on you. And your integrity has been challenged. And the Lord says you've been weighed, tested, and not found wanting. And I'm going to redeem some things for you. The things the locusts tried to get in on. And the things people tried to steal from you. And the way things were pushed against you in a wrong narrative, I'm going to right-size that. And I'm going to set you free, and you're going to run again, and goodness is going to follow you. And some of this persecution that's tried to get at you is breaking. It's over in Jesus' name. It is finished in Jesus' name. I like you, sir. You're going to do the right thing no matter who does what. I like guys like that. Guys that say, yeah, it looks bad. Let me get my mouth guard in. Let's go. Prison rules, huh? Okay. You're God's man. 
You're marked by God. Your family's marked by God. You're a warrior. The Lord says, I am pleased with what I'm looking at. And I will advance the torch of your life, and I will advance the scepter of authority, for promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south. It comes from the north, from God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. So prepare. Prepare for joy. Prepare for payback. Prepare for increase. I see a fence of containment. It's breaking open, and you're stepping into a new territory, and even more ground, physical ground, will be given under your feet. Literal property is coming to you even now, says the Lord. It is yours, and I have marked you for it. Some of it would have been an inheritance, but the Lord says, I have a better inheritance than just that. It is coming your way, for I am the Lord your God, and I do not fail my sons. They can't take it if they wanted to. I bless you guys. Jesus is Lord. Praise God. We're going to give the devil a nice haku to the throat, right? Thank you, Jesus. I don't like when I see Christians getting beat up. I don't like it. Not cool. Not cool. Jesus loves us. I was in a uh, special private meeting with an ambassador, an Obama-appointed ambassador. I'm in this meeting, and they brought me in there. And this man's son had said, I'm going to run for politics, but I'm not going to stand on this side or that side. I'm just going to kind of go down the middle of the aisle. I said, so you're going to have no spine. You know, and this ambassador to a major nation, you know. And his son was just like, well, I just think, you know, we need to get along with everybody. The get along gang message. I call that the pretty, pretty pony gospel. Let's all just get along. Can't we all just get along, right? And this young man is there, and he's going down this road. And the spirit of the Lord rose up in me, and they said, Joseph, would you pray after dinner and just kind of bless everybody? We've had a nice time discussing things and all this. And the word of the Lord came to me, and the Lord said, tell them. Tell everyone in this man's family what I'm showing you and do it now. So I leaned forward on the table and I began to prophesy to this man's family all around this table, this very large, beautiful table we were at. To the point that when I got to this man, the Spirit of the Lord began to tell him his rank and what he did in the military and where he was and what he began to accomplish. And this man slammed, and they were arguing with me that, hey, there's many ways to God and all this, and we have ideas, and he slammed his fist on the table. He really did. He's a big, strong man, military guy. He looked at me and said, how do you know these things? How can you say these things to me? He's looking at the other host saying, how does, did you, how? How does he know? And I lean forward on my knuckles on the table. You know, like when the Spirit of God gets on you, normally when you're kind of like, hey, guys, you know, you're in this setting, the Spirit of God gets on you, and you're like, raw, and they're like, oh, you know. <laughs> I leaned forward on the table and I said, because, sir, a man with a revelation is never at the mercy of someone with an argument. Just like that. <laughs> and he's like, oh. And the son said, can I talk to you? I said, yeah. We come out of the meeting. I know I'm being intense here, but it was an intense moment. We're dealing with leaders of nations. And I walked into the kitchen area with this son and he said, I don't know what all that just was, but he said, whatever you got, and whatever's going on, you say Jesus is the way, I want you to lead me to Jesus right now. Right now. So I led him to Jesus, got him a Bible, got him going, and they're still ambassadors to a specific nation. 
Democrats, mind you. Praise Jesus. God even loves those guys. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you, Jesus. It's like when you go to a restaurant and you get a glass, you know? I like to have a, I, I tell the waitress sometimes, can you put a, can I order a Democrat? And they'll say, what's that? I just want an empty glass with nothing in it. Put it there. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Too much, too much, too much. If you're a Democrat, I love you. It's okay. Jesus loves us all. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Oh, well, we had good momentum and I lost some people tonight. Oh. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus loves you. I don't care what your political affiliation is. There's a lot of idiots in the Republican Party, I'll tell you that. Thank you, Jesus. Some of them I know personally, and they're good people, and there's a lot of clowns, too. Thank you, Jesus. I'm watching you process, sir, over and over again, like a Rubik's Cube in your mind, trying to sort out how you're going to fix it how things are going to come together, how's this going to happen, and analyzing, not till you paralyze, but you're analyzing and repeat and repeat, and we're going to get this worked out. And I see God working with you, and the Lord says, come to me. I'm going to work this all out for you. Everything's going to come together. I've already made a good path for you. I've already made a good way for you, a way of advancement. I saw some things that tried to attach to your very soul, and the Lord says, come to me. All is well. Come to me. I'm not angry. I actually really like you. And there's going to come a greater wave of responsibility. There's been a barrier, like an invisible barrier, that's going to break. And it's been spiritual. It's been through people's opinions, where you're going to step into a whole other category of what belongs to you. I see it like in a form of what you do. I see it in your work environment. I see God beginning to raise you up with a promotion. And I see things beginning to come your way. And there has been about one-eighth of an income that was peeled off of you. And the Spirit of the Lord is saying, I'm going to replace that with like 16% more. And it's going to begin to come your way. I'm going to begin to provide in a trickle. Then I'm going to provide in a weighty amount. And then it's going to come more and more and too much. And I'm going to provide for you. You can't be contained. You're God's man. You're a marked man. Many years ago, another male voice was speaking into your life. And they began to give increase to you, and they began to speak and share. And the Lord says, you've now outgrown that time. You've now grown past it. And the things that were given to you are good, and the disappointing parts of that I am taking away. I tell you something, any father in the whole world would be proud to call you son. And I just speak the blessing over you in Jesus' name. I see a major scar. God sewed that together. All is well. You're going to raise things up. And the Lord says, well done. You didn't hold a fence. You came through, and now you're on the other side, and many will live because of it. Thank you for being tough enough to make the journey. You're God's man, sir. I honor you, and I bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You, there's three specific things God's going to empower you to empower. Three specific things. I'm looking at them. He's going to empower you financially with wisdom. Here's another thing. No one should ever get your wallet if they don't want your wisdom. I bless you in Jesus' name. Some things are going to change for you. It's going to get good, brother. 
it's been kind of a, a long drag. And God's going to break you through. He's already got the answer. There's a couple pieces that are moving on this board. I'm looking at a calendar, the month of October. October. There's going to be some transitional things leading up to that. Some pieces are going to move on the board. And then going beyond that, there's going to be a fresh wind on you. And I speak life over you in Jesus' name. You can't be contained. The corral's broken already. I bless you guys. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. I love Overcomers Church. You're going to have a revival center, brother. Pastor Kent, Pastor Liz, I got to tell you something. The moment I walked in the back door of this place with you, I heard the words, and when we were worshiping, I heard the words, this place is too small for you. This place is too small. There's either going to be additional properties or you're going to expand. Either way, God's going to show you what to do. But I heard the words, it's too small. It's already too small. There's coming expansion. So you're going to have to get ready. You're going to get ready to run now with the chariots. And it's going to come through expansion of foundation and territory. God's giving it to you. And it was not man's choice, it was his. And it's going to begin to come now. It's going to flow. You're going to get used to handling a different level of wealth. You're going to begin to adjust to handling a different level of having a voice to a community. Man of God, you've been weighed, tested, and not found lacking in any area. The theme with this tonight, there's survivors and those that have proved themselves. Tonight's promotion night. Man of God, the Lord is promoting you. I've seen you on a 10-year journey. And in this 10-year journey, your ministry really begins tonight. For yes, you will write the books, and yes, sons and daughters will come, and yes, there's an apostolic mandate on you. But this will almost be effortless the way it begins to unfold. Because territories and regions will now flow to you like rivers. I see four rivers flowing inward towards you, and they're going to begin to flow. And as the leaves turn, and as the snow strikes the ground once again, again, increase will come. And I'll bring voices of reason and voices of wisdom. And the Lord says, I'm beginning to trust you. I've always loved you. I hear this so strongly in my spirit, Pastor Kent. I've always loved you and I've always believed in you. And it's a unique word I'm giving you, but I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, I'm beginning to really trust you. I know I can count on you. Passed. You passed. You've given up, now you get to go up. And now God's going to begin a new journey and it's expansion. The written word will come. And man of God, this is a word to you both. Do not give up your pulpit very easily. I, I, you got to pray about it. Do not give up your pulpit easily. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. And God's going to bring the right scenario, the right people at the right time. But it's you guys. And God's building that.
He's going to build the team more, and then he will build the dream again. I'm looking at dead trees, and these dead trees, some of them are being cut down, and some are being built up, and they're growing, and they're going to begin to be established. And the Lord says, I will call you oaks of righteousness for the display of the Lord and the planting of his splendor. There's an apostolic meaning in that. I see redwoods coming. You're ahead of the curve, Kent. This church is ahead of the curve. Get ready. They will come. They will come through media. They will come through the doors. They will be here. And God's going to begin to advance this territory. And it's not just for the sake of growth. It's for the sake of people. He's going to rescue sons and daughters. You guys are going to be real busy. And it's going to be good. I honor you. I bless you. I'm thrilled to be your friend. Our team loves your team. We love this church. Can we just thank God for our pastors tonight? Can we do that? Can we thank God? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I hear this. I'm just going to say this to you. Moses, my servant, is dead. So come forth, Joshua. Because you carry a Joshua anointing, but you will finish what was started. You will carry out the legacy and not go short-circuited. You're a distance man, Kent. Liz, you're distance people. You're distance runners. A lot of people are sprinters. You will outlast them all. I know till the day you die, you're going to be preaching the gospel. That's who you guys are. And it's going to be good. God's with you. I just love you guys. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't Jesus awesome? Praise God. Man, what a great community. Pastor, thank you. Thank you for doing what God called you to do. I believe that you not only gave up to go up, but the Lord is very pleased. And any questions or any second guessing or any of it that, that has gone on, I'm telling you, you have done what God required, and the blessing will overtake you. You are exactly in the perfect will of God. This is God. And there's an anointing that has been left in this place because of you. I honor you. And I speak the blessing of the Lord over you. God's going to bring increase and such a reward to your family for the sacrifice you've made and the absolute obedience and excellence you came with. That excellent spirit will be rewarded through your children's children. And there's a whole other assignment that he's, he's building for you right now. And it's going to be great. I just bless you. I honor you. I salute you. Thank you for creating a place for many to live. You're awesome. Jesus is Lord. You guys, I'm going to have to have some ripping revival meetings in here. I came in this place, and it's like, uh, okay. Jesus is Lord.
He's going to begin to build his church. This is a new wineskin that's going to begin to multiply forward. Can I just say to everybody here, you call this your home church, some of you? Some of you call this your home church good? If you go to another church, we bless your church, praise God. But if you're looking for a good church, I highly recommend this. If you're in a wonderful home church, I just speak life over your home church. But I want to say to you, something really good is getting cooked up here. God's beginning. Thank you, sir. Sir, I'm looking at you back by the door. I see books, materials, written information, studious mindedness that you're looking at information. And the spirit of the Lord is saying, I'm gonna begin to begin again and re-equip and reacquaint with the studying and the understanding to begin to release the deeper, fuller revelation. It's a census plenier, a deeper, fuller revelation. And God's gonna begin to call that thing forward. I see studies and astuteness with it. And the Lord's gonna begin to weaponize that for a younger generation to begin to release to them the truth of what God has hidden in the word of God, to release to them the truth of what God has placed inside a vessel of a man and woman. Sir, the Spirit of the Lord said, I called you at a very young age, and then you went on a journey, and you served me in a public setting. You went on another journey, and you did what you needed to do at that place. But I say unto you, in this time, again, I give you that ministerial heart that rises, and the heart of a minister is within you. And you will begin to see and hear and say, and the truth of my word will come through you, and many will live through the teacher gift. Have I not called you a teacher? And people are going to live. You guys have paid a pretty high price. Been through a lot of stuff. But the devil should have killed you when he had the chance. Because it's just too late now. If you went home tomorrow, you are in the will of God. And God is with you. I'm telling you, God is raising up a new wineskin through you. He's going to do, here's the word for you, a retrofit. He's going to take some of the old, couple it with the new, and you're going to begin to move in a way that darkness can't touch you the way it used to. And you're going to have victory. And no one's stealing from you anymore either. I bless you, sir. I see the word expositor. I see the word commentator. I see the word study and the written word. You guys are pretty special people. Thank you for your service in the kingdom. For Jesus loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I like you guys. You're going to get busy again. Not that you haven't been, but you're going to get busy again. And I just see, I see a younger crop coming around and you're going to begin to teach and help and it's going to be good. Some people should have protected you guys better. It's going to go better this time around. I bless you in Jesus' name. You're good people. You're God's people. And he is very much for you. Mama, we love you. I bless you in Jesus' name. You're good people. I'll see you out there on the battlefield. You go get them. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Man.
Hallelujah to Jesus. Isn't Jesus awesome? <laughs> I love my job. Right, Prophet Ron? <laughs> God's not as religious as we think he is. He's really not. He sees you in the morning. He sees you when you're watching movie. He sees you when you're not nice to the dog. He loves you. People are like, no, I'm holy. We talk about holy things in my home. And the Lord's like, uh-huh. But you're as holy as you're ever going to get in Jesus. Everybody say this by faith tonight. This will be hard on your religion, but I want you to say it from the heart. Say out loud, I please God. I please God. I am pleasing to God. God likes me. God's not angry with me. He's happy with me. How many of you know if God wanted to get you, he'd have done it by now? He's a pretty good shot. I think God's just going to get me. He's, he's going to judge me. He's judging me. If God wanted to judge you, you'd have been judged a long time ago. He's a great shot. They think he's Zeus up there sharpening a lightning bolt on a, on a grinding wheel that's foot pedal, right? Gabriel, come here. Watch this. They're running. They're just going to die tired. Right? Right? That's not God. He's not like that at all. That was a good one, Lord. They ran far and you still got them. Yeah, that's how I treat my kids. That's not how God is. God doesn't send cancer to teach you something. Oh, you've been misbehaving? Cancer fairy? That's not what he's doing. I don't know where we got these stupid doctrines from. God is the author and finisher, Jesus is, of our faith. He comes to give you life and life more abundantly, the God kind of life, the Zoe kind of life, the God quality of existence. He's not doing all that crazy stuff. God's innocent. Religions accused him of these things, and that's not who he is. But I'll tell you what, if you mess with his kids, that's another category. He calls you the apple of his eye. You ever put your finger in somebody's pupil? What happens? He's going to put my pinky in there. Just see if I can jab your pupil. You're just going to be like, oh, that's great. Go ahead. You'd involuntarily, if somebody had stuck their finger in the apple of your eye, you'd be like, Killer, what are you doing, you know? When people mess with his kids, that's God's response. It is good. It's true. People are like, I don't know about that. I don't care what you know. I know what the Bible says. Thank you, Jesus. What does Andrew say? I'd agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Sir, back here, uh, you got a checkered shirt on, beard, action hero haircut like me. I just bless you in Jesus' name. You're a good man. I look at you and I see a good man. I see a hardworking, faithful man that does what God calls him to do. And many times you've looked at others and said, they're better. And the Lord says, man, I love that about you. I love that heart you carry. I love the way you're wired. I like when we pray. I like it when you let me pray through you. I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, I miss you. 
I miss you, son. And he's saying, come away with me again. I'm going to show you some new stuff. And I'm going to work you out of some of the categories of difficulty that you found your feet in, and I'm going to navigate you right out. Your family is in my hand. This woman of God is in my hand. I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, you're in my hand. That's the words I hear. And God is going to begin to bring joy and even greater breath into you where you can begin to feel like you're free like never before once again. And there's a strength coming now. There's a momentum coming. I see dozer tracks and dirt moving. I'm seeing strength beginning to happen, a pushing away of the old and a foundation being laid for the brand new. And when the world is saying, crash, crash, it's going to be bad, the Lord says, am I not your provider? And you're going to find that if I have to, I hear this so strongly in my spirit, if I have to bring money from the fish's mouth to your doorstep, it's coming. God is with this row. I bless you guys. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've helped a lot of people, woman of God. You've been very strong, too. You're a strong-natured person and a very tender person. And I speak life and blessing on you like never before, that you'd have revelation knowledge of Jesus like never before and begin to take territory like never before. I have a word for you. It's kind of important. Come out from your head, okay? Uh, It's like you get caught up in thought so much, internal thought all the time, that God's just saying, hey, come out from that. Start opening your mouth and speaking my truth. Bring the thoughts down. Bring the faith out. And you're going to begin to see great victory all around you. You deserve it. Jesus is with you guys. Bless you, sir. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sometimes people don't take your advice very well, sir, on the checkered shirt here. Sometimes people don't take your advice, and you have really smart things to say. But it's because you're not flamboyant in the way you present it, so people overlook it. They're like, You'll say it kind of like a Wikipedia article. And people look at it and they're like, okay. They say, that's great. That's, that's important. <laughs> that's important uh, what you're saying, good. And then they listen to some loud voice. And that's really stupid on their part because you have very clear information. You have the ability to paint by numbers for people where they solve enigmas. You have wisdom. You have insight. I see you calculating and solving and coming to conclusions. Something about when you do things, then wood is cut. Sometimes Something to do with when you begin to do things, then building happens. You are an empowerment of ideas. And you empower dreams by what you do with a pen. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, and he's going to bring great understanding to many around you. I see people getting unfettered through wisdom. You have a word of wisdom equal to prophecy in you. And I bless you in Jesus' name. You're a funny guy. You're a good guy. You got the stuff going on around you, but sometimes people have not listened when they should because you have really good insight. And I bless you in the name of the Lord. And God is also going to scrub some things on your soul that begin to just remove some residue 
And you're going to begin to find yourself going, you know, you'll reach in the back seat of the car, so to speak, to find a flashlight or your wallet or something, so to speak. You'll reach back there, and it won't be there anymore. You won't reach. It'll be like something is gone that used to be there that you want gone. And when you reach into the back, it's like looking for something that used to be there, like a shoe or something. You're looking for it, and you can't find it because it's no longer there. And that's what's happening for you right now. God's removing some things, and he's replacing it with others. Because he loves you, and you're saying yes to him all the time. There's some things that we say, I don't have control over this. I'm trying. And the Lord's saying, ah, just keep coming to me. Watch what I do. You're a good guy, and I bless you in Jesus' name. It is well, and it will be well. God is with you. I honor you, sir. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord says yes to you. A lot of people said no. God's saying yes. I'm going to take you out of some of this stuff that has tried to cripple you on the inside and cripple those around you and stop you. There's been such hard hits against you, even physically. There's been hard hits against people around you, and the Lord says, I won't have it. I won't have it. You will live in your mind, and you will live in your flesh, and you're going to come to a higher level now. I come against this assault on you. I break it off your life. I hate what I'm looking at. I love you, sir, and I hate what's attacked you. Hi. In Jesus' name, I speak life over you. There's been this word, a cloud around you, and I don't understand this, but it's like death. And I say, no, life. In everything you touch, in everything you're involved in, in those who are around you, Sorrow, you leave him in Jesus' name. You are a very sensitive individual. Let me talk to you for a moment. You have great empathy. It's a prophetic gift. And when you get near people, there's things that you begin to sense and feel, and sometimes it's hard for you to bear burdens because you feel it so deeply. It hits you deep in the soul. And God's going to raise you up, and you are going to come out from this. And there's coming a breakthrough now. The losses of a winner are temporary. Man of God, I don't know you, but I like you a lot. I like what God's doing in you. And I just release encouragement over you. Can we all stretch our hands towards him, please? I say strength. God's an expert at turning hopeless things around. And I say hope come. Healing come, strength come, victory and righteousness come. No more loss, no more casualty, no more tearing away in Jesus' name. I see great pressure that's been on you for an extended amount of time. And the Lord is saying, I am turning the tide of this. Stay with me. I bless you, man of God. It shall be well in Jesus' name. What the devil's spoken evil over, I say life in Jesus' name. You're a good man, sir, and God is with you, and you will come out on the other side. You will see the light of day. You're going to come out. I bless you. God wants you to win more than you do, and he's fixing things in several areas right now. No more. I speak life. God bless you, sir.
We'll keep praying for you. You stay in touch with us if you want to. Our team will be praying. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, people are working through things, and sometimes, you know, you see things, and you just speak to what you see, and sometimes it's nobody's business. Know what I'm saying? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, I'm having a great time with you guys tonight. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Bro, you're like a warrior with the hat. I like you, man. You're like, you're like Simon Peter. Lord, if it be thou you, bid me come. What was Jesus going to say? It be not I, don't come. No, you're the guy that's going to get out of the boat, and you're going to walk to the Lord. And if the Lord says, hey, come, you'll say right now, and you'll jump, and you won't even put your shoes on. You'll just jump, you know. You're that guy. And God's going to use that mightily. you got an evangelistic thing going on. And that evangelist anointing is going to begin to snatch those staggering off to the slaughter. They're going to feel love from you, brother. Love, victory, and they're going to, you make Jesus attractive. They're going to see Jesus in you and be like, what is it about you, man? You'll be like, yeah, how much time you got? The Spirit of God is upon you. He's raising up a new work. I see a new work happening, and I see victory happening, and I see a multiplier happening. The truth of the Spirit, fascinating. I saw a sword plunged through you from the back to the front. It was meant to end you. And the Lord said, nice try. He's kept you for this season. He's kept you for this time. And victory is yours. And many will see, and many will fear, and many will put their trust in the Lord. But it is the love of God and the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. And you're going to just bring that forward. You're going to show that to people. You're going to present it to them. It's awesome. You're God's man. I know a warrior when I see one. I know a prayer person when I see one. I know intercession and worship when I see it. I know people that love God more than their life when I see it. And God's going to raise that up to you in you even stronger, and it will multiply forward. Get ready to be used of the Lord. That's been the prayer anyway. In so many words, it's been, God, use me. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll go where you want me to go. You're going to be like the yellow pages, used. I bless you in Jesus' name. You're a good man. He's also going to, there's one more thing I'm going to say to you. He's also going to make you more streetwise with people. You're not going to get taken advantage of like you once were. You're not going to be naive this go around. And God's going to protect you. He's going to shield you. And strength will rise. And you're going to stand in a different level of armor. And you're going to win. I bless you, brother. I feel joy when I look at you, man. You're loaded. You're armed and dangerous. Thank you, Jesus. Man of God, I bless you. In Jesus' name. You're like a faithful guy. You've plowed through. You know, I see your heart is so soft before the Lord when you're private with him. I see the tenderness of God in you. I see a man that's been misjudged, pushed to the side, different things have happened, and God just keeps bringing you forward. And it'll happen again. I feel joy when I look at you. I feel the life of God when I look at you. And God's going to continue to wake up that mandate and calling he placed on you. You will live. 
and so will others, and you will be productive. You will sow, and you will reap more than you've sown. That's in an economic way. That's in an effort way. And God's going to begin to multiply this now. I see a young man around you. I see a raising of a young man. I see a, 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 small, a young man. And God said the wisdom was imparted and the wisdom has sprouted and the wisdom will keep coming. Because legacy is coming. And the legacy will be like a domino effect. You've paid it forward, sir. Your children's children serve the Lord. And it's very good. It's that Psalm 128 scripture. The wife is a fruitful vine at the table and the children like olive plants at the table. God is with you. You've not moved. Other people have, not you. And the Lord's saying to you a very simple thing tonight. Well done. You're a good guy. I like you already. Yeah, you, you're just a good guy. You've got the Spirit of God on you. You're a hard worker, faithful. People can count on you. And that's why the Lord's saying, I can count on you. I just bless you. It's going to, new truck, it's going to be good. Some things coming your way with that, in Jesus' name. I saw the wheels, I saw things happening. There's something about a new set of wheels. It's going to be good for you. God's going to change the, the picture. It's going to be good. It'll just be a sign unto you. Don't have to, but it's going to be good. I bless you in Jesus' name. You guys are awesome. What a great crew. I like this church. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.